Hey, Juicebox. Mm-hmm. I've got some exciting news. I could use some exciting news. Yep. It only took 60 episodes, but we finally got a legit sponsor. This, you're not talking about that 20 bucks my mom mailed us, right? No, but Juicebox's mom keeps sending that. We can use it on something. Beer, probably. Yeah. No, we got a sponsor. Uh, I feel like Cole Trickle, when he finally got signed by City Chevrolet in Days of Thunder. He put in all of his work. He finally got a sponsor, and now he's racing in Daytona. Sweet. Mellow Yellow? Is that what his sponsor was? It wasn't at first, but it looked like the Mellow Yellow car. It was City Chevrolet, then, if I'm not mistaken, Hardee's, and then, like, Superflow or something like that. Anyway, what we're talking about, Raising Nashville Podcast, and this week's episode is sponsored by Two Tours CBD. CBD, that's like that early 90s R&B group. Not quite. (laughs) CBD... Which has been which been all the craze with the kids the last couple of years. Um, it actually helps with all kinds of things. It helps with insomnia. It helps with stress. It helps with your dog's flea problem. Apparently, have you been reading my diary of problems? I have not. <laughs> okay, that was strangely accurate. Yes. Anyway, Two Tours CBD is a full spectrum CBD products company, including oils, tinctures, and sugars. Okay, so like you can make some cookies with this stuff? You can, but they're not the ones that are going to make you feel funny. They're actually going to give a better benefit than that, which, you know, takes care of arthritis. It it can handle, like I said, pains in your body, aching pains. It can handle stress. Yeah, it sounds like you could all use some CBD. Exactly. With that being said, I want all of our listeners to go to twotours.com forward slash Raising Nashville for your special offer today. Two Tours CBD. We came home together. We grow together. I think I know what I'm going to spend that 20 bucks my mom sent us on now. Make sure I get half. Two Tours CBD. Check it out. Raising Nashville. Welcome back to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Oh boy. And we are very excited to bring to you uh, another episode of Raising Nashville. As most of our, our loyal listenership knows, we have not been around for a while. You have not found us on socials. You have not found us on your favorite place to download your podcasts. And there's a reason behind that. Um, a lot of times in... Uh, and what we're going to compare and talk about today on this this podcast episode is the fact that we, as a team, took the summer off, um, just like kids, kind of, in air quotes, did uh, this summer. So we ended a 60-episode run uh, back in, what was it? Middle of June, maybe? Middle of June, yeah. And then we took the summer to, and like we said on that last episode, to reflect. And, you know, it was a, it's, this is an interesting time we're living in. So we wanted to take a moment to ourselves to be able to uh, 
not research, but study, learn, do things for ourselves and our families, uh, especially given every the state of the world right now. But with that being said, I think saying that the state of the world is interesting right now is an understatement. It, fair <laughs> enough. It, it is a major understatement. Yeah. I'm trying to stay a little bit cool on the surface here. I got you. Um, so, but for those of you who are brand new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you're going to enjoy a bunch of episodes that we have for you coming this fall into the winter and then uh, again in the spring. I think we've got, what, 30-something topics that we've lined up for uh for these next few episodes? We have. We've had some meetings. We're excited about the future. And again, for those of you who are just now tuning into Raising Nashville, our podcast is about three dads, uh, old boy Juicebox and I, raising children in the greatest city in the world. Right now, question marks all over the place <laughs> yeah, on that gonna... <laughs> statement. But... We, I consider it the greatest city in the world, and this podcast is about what we do is we do episodes about raising children from the dad's perspective. We do episodes about Na- Nashville, Tennessee, the history thereof, some businesses that are opening, some things that are going on in our city right now, and then occasionally, because we do love it, we do some pop culture things. Yeah. We might review a movie. We might talk about the latest documentary music, music festival, festival. <laughs> anything that's going on that we really want to talk about but we, we'd like to focus on raising children and the city of nashville um, because there's yeah. so much content there that it could fill up hours and hours and hours and hours as most of our loyal listenership has heard if you have tuned in for all of our episodes so far yeah. we're not calling this season two but we are back and we are excited to bring you episodes every single monday Without further ado, we are calling this episode Oh, back to school, back to school to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Because given the state of coronavirus and the way that everything in this world operates now, navigating through a pandemic, we know a lot of parents out there are extremely concerned about what is about to happen. Yeah. Uh, Davidson County Schools go back this week. Well, let's say they kind of go back this week. Um, So what we want to do is break down some concerns that parents have, as well as some, you know, pros and cons of weighing the coronavirus versus the kids actually attending in-person classes. Uh, We want to go through the pros and cons of remote learning. We also want to go kind of county by county. Anything that touches Davidson County, we want to see what they're doing as opposed to, you know, the city of Nashville and Metro. We want to cover things like, you know, no kids left behind, uh, case statistics and age groups and the spread of coronavirus, and then how public schools versus private schools are handling, uh, you know, back to school, so to speak. Um, So... What I want to do first, before we jump into a lot of the concerns and a lot of the things that you guys want us to talk about, is uh, I call this section, Let's Recap. And what I want to do there is take a moment to dive back into how school ended in you know the spring of 2020, because it was interesting, it was right? Extended spring break. It, it, you, some could call it that. Some could call it a parent's nightmare and the biggest headache of having their children in their house virtually since 
uh, March 15th, we'll yeah, call it. Certainly yep. challenging. So uh, back in March, obviously the pandemic broke. It started, you know, everything started shutting down. We talked about in a previous episode about a basketball game getting called like right in the middle of it. Yep. Uh, then all of a sudden you just see cancellations on concerts. No groups over 25. No groups over 10. Wear masks. Don't wear masks. Wear masks again. Uh, I mean, it's just we are constantly evolving with this pandemic, which nobody, I don't think, alive has ever seen this before. Mm -hmm. So what happened with school was, you know, on that fateful days in March, school was like, hey, we're going to kind of go home for a little bit. And it happened around spring break. Yeah. Um, And then we come out of spring break and they're like, oh, it's going to be another week and they'll be back to school. We're like, okay, I can deal with this two weeks spring break. Not bad. And then all of a sudden the bomb is dropped and it's like kids will not be attending in class again. We're going to start with this virtual learning. Right. Yeah. Distant learning is uh, introduced into the vernacular. Sure. And we were not prepared for that as families, as parents, uh, as children. um, We were not prepared for that. What I want to say is it kind of provided a divide there in the beginning because you know, when I when I talk about that, and, and the reason I, I wanted to bring this episode and this uh, subject to light today is the fact that those few months, and they were fatal months, April and May and the beginning of June, really kind of put a test to a lot of people. Now, at the same time, a lot of parents were left out of work. 52.3 million uh, people currently are out of work. And this started, you know, back in April. Everybody was being quote unquote furloughed. They were being laid off. A lot of people aren't back to work. So that provided a bit of an ease on this transition is the fact that, well, people are being laid off. Uh, the government passed a stimulus plan where you're getting, you know, an extra 600 or however much you made a, a, a month on unemployment or a week on unemployment. Mm-hmm. So you can stay home. But the problem was some kids at home, you know, especially in the metro area, had computers. Some kids had Internet. A lot of them didn't. Right. Um, so virtual classes, for example, I have a 10 year old and he was finishing up fourth grade, which I guess now middle school is fifth grade through eighth grade. So it left a lot of kids behind. Um, it, th- this started to become a concern for parents as well as myself. And I know that probably the two other in this room is the fact that, you know, how are kids, especially on lunch programs and breakfast programs going to be fed? Right. What's going to happen in their home life um, and the concerns about that? You know, mm-hmm. some kids are in great situations. Some aren't. And Asher went to school and he had, you know, some odd 20 kids in his classroom. All of a sudden virtual learning happens and I'm looking on these Zooms and there may be 11, 10 or 11 kids on these Zooms. So they are continuing the education right. with major distractions at home, but they are continuing that education, but some kids are getting left behind. That was not right. So the Tennessee School Board, and more specifically Adrian Battle, who is the head of the Tennessee School Board in Metro, uh, started to develop a plan in beginning of May for this school year. We all assumed on June 9th that kids would be going back on August 4th to in-person classes. July 9th, one month later, that was nipped in the bud. Right. 
So uh, they have been working hard. And I'm going to, before we just get off on a tangent here, I want to say I have nothing but respect for the teachers and anybody in the education realm industry. Yeah. in Nashville. I have nothing but respect for what you have done all summer. It could not have been easy. I'm sure teachers are just thinking, hey, this is going to be a normal summer. And then boom, <laughs> it wasn't. They've probably done more work in the last three months than they have you know, in any all summers combined, so to speak. This is going to have a lasting effect on teachers and like how long they stay in the job and maybe like even how many people want to become teachers because this position is already underpaid. Like a teacher is definitely underpaid for mm-hmm. what they do. And now they're being like stretched to the limit and they're being asked to do new things on the fly. I feel like both the uh, school systems, teachers and like healthcare workers, there's going to be a big stress on those people. And I feel like in the next few years, we're going to see people declining to go into those positions. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens. There's going to be a shortage of teachers and nurses, I think, over the next few years. And there already was. And you know, I think at this point, in some industries, it's like the burnout sin- syndrome. You yeah, know, they're getting yeah. mad burnout on what they're having to do, especially at the pay that they're getting. You know, right, which is not fair. So I completely agree with you on that. Um, so let's take let's bring us up to today. We are prepared to go back to school this Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, for Metro. Uh, some of the ca- our surrounding counties are a little bit different. They have pu- actually pushed back a couple of weeks. Um, we're still set, as of today, to go back to school after Labor Day weekend in in-person classes. What I want to cover now is the fact that what is the concern? Because with Tennessee cases on the rise for the coronavirus, we're one of the hot spots. Obviously, we're not going to cover in this episode that downtown is just ruining anything that you know we're trying to accomplish. Any back to normalcy we can get, spearheaded by, let's be honest, Steve Smith and all of the mm-hmm. downtown bar owners who are losing ten to twelve thousand dollars a night because they have to shut down at ten o'clock, and you know some of their bars aren't open. Let's not lump in all those downtown bar owners, though, because there are some that are doing stuff responsibly. There was this article that came out about seven days ago. I think it was News Channel 5 who talked about this 10-year-old girl. Her name is Avery Hayworth, and she actually wrote a letter to the downtown bar owners, in specific, Steve Smith. Nice. In in said letter, she said, while adults are partying, keep, keep in mind, she's 10 years old. While adults are partying, walking around without masks, and making the risk rise, kids like me and my friends are wondering if we will ever go back to school again, and if we'll ever have a safe play date again. That that is sad. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, you can't. You've got. You got to hold a little bit more responsibility. It doesn't just involve you and your money and your people and tourism. It. This is so much. This city is so much more than that. Yeah. It's neighborhoods. It's communities. It's schools. It's healthcare. It's you know all of these things that we need to come back. So let's get into this a minute with the cases rising and everything going on. Is it safe to send kids back to school? I got a question. Hold on. I'm sorry. Did the bar owners write her back? As of today, no. Uh, they probably just sent her an envelope for the, full of money and was like, shut the fuck up. This is how we handle That's this. right, yeah. This or, is how we handle any opposition. Here's 10% off an app at Kid Rock's Big bon- Donkey Tonk Bar or something. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Would you guys ever get food there? Seriously. Like, I, I, every time I go. You got to get that loaded hot dog every time. That's right. But with cases rising, there are concerns. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. 
people are afraid to, you know, be in groups of people. Now you're talking about sending hundreds of kids back to one building where this spread could easily just get out of control. Like on the surface, when you just say it like that, it sounds frightening. <laughs> yeah. It's it like does. A bunch of kids in a ball pit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of reminds you of that. But at the same time, these kids need this education to succeed. Yep. And I think to succeed from age group to age group, succeed in life in some cases for the older kids, uh, some of the younger kids just need interaction with somebody um, because it develops all kinds of symptoms. Absolutely. And I want to say that there, there's... There's two sides of this. There's one side that's, like I said, that these kids need this. There's it's one a, side. They're in a vital part of their life where they need, yeah, they need the education and they need the interaction. You're absolutely right. They Plus, have it's to the routine. It. Like, kids need to be in a routine. Like, the yep. school is just part of the routine. So, if you're disrupting that, you're disrupting a lot more than, you know, probably, it, it, probably that you're not even seeing on the surface, you know. I was going to say structure, discipline, like you said, routine. Mm-hmm. That's what school provides. They, it Food. I mean, there's all kinds of things that school actually provides. And so let's get into coronavirus updates in children's ages, because we have heard up until this point, well, up until like the beginning of July, that kids cannot contract the coronavirus. If they do, it's a very, very small percentage. And right now, and I'm going to have to bring this in here, the education secretary, Betsy DeVos, DeVos, whatever you want to call her, bitch. I'll call her, um, never mind. I won't say what I would like to call her on Sure. Here. She says, and Donald Trump is supporting of this, is she said kids are actually stoppers of the virus, which is the <laughs> stupidest thing. Stoppers. The, stoppers. They're st- like the virus gets to them and their body's immune systems are so good that they just cut it right there. Like it just hmm. stops with them and they don't get sick and they eliminate it. So basically, kids are the cure, according sure. to Betsy DeVos. We should get. We should put kids in bars then. Downtown. Oh, yeah. That's it, a good. That's a good call. Yeah. Can just, just like, like plastic partitions. Kids from the ceiling, so they absorb all the coronavirus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like air filters. I bet Steve Smith would pay for that. Um, Probably. <laughs> a ten-year-old. I'll offer you a job. So uh, that's actually not the case, and that's probably a given, but I started to do some research on it about stoppers of the virus. The American Academy of Pediatrics said that currently in the United States, there are 241,904 child cases of coronavirus, but with the 241,904 child cases, that actually makes up 8% of the population who has contracted the coronavirus. Since from July 2nd, this is a crazy stat, from July 2nd to July 16th, which has actually uh, excelled a little bit since then, there was a 46% increase in children contracting the coronavirus, um, according to these numbers. Uh, let me just jump in and add on to those stats right there, because I have more of like a, our Tennessee stats. Like here in Tennessee, there's been, as of a couple days ago, uh, there had been 7,500 cases like across the state of Tennessee from kids five to 18, just in Davidson County alone, there's been 1,451. And you have to think about that's without kids being at school. That's without kids being at daycare. Well, a lot of daycares were shut down for a while there. Now that most of them are still back up or opening back up, but you got to think, I mean, that's before kids were even intermingling. So sure. how well, you still got some camps. That's and- two major public schools full of children, 1400 kids. Yeah. You, you still have some things, and there's some sports going on. So there, there are some activities kids are still mingling, I guess. Sure. Right, but not in like um, – Not on a grand scale. Yeah, not, not like it the was. same as school. So that's what I'm just saying. Like how much is that number going to jump 
once you, yeah if you put them back sure um and i want to add on that that according to the census um 3.3 million adults ages 65 or over current in the united states currently live with school-aged children so now that's where the concern comes in yep is the fact that these kids potentially are going to go back to school get the virus be asymptomatic of it go home give it to their grandparents grandparents die like and, and then where's that kid in, uh, yeah. in the system no like come on completely agree for the people who are for you know kids not going back to school being pro- you know, like protecting themselves protecting everybody else is is something that we need to be concerned about is that those are the facts and you know these aren't numbers we're padding to try to make you know parents feel a little bit better about having to stay home because there is concerns there and we're about to dive into that. But before we do that, I want to talk about remote learning. And this is something that we're going to have to get used to kind of like the term social distancing. I mean, this is something that probably did not exist before this pandemic. At least I'd never heard it. There are pros and cons of remote learning, I guess. I don't see that many pros. We've already talked about, you know, some of the cons. They need discipline. They need structure. They need, you know, education, food, things like that. Uh, just a daily balance of life. Go ahead. I've got a pro for it. But, okay. Give me the pro. Um, so we had some concerns with Sam um, in school. We met with her teacher probably a couple of weeks prior to everything getting shut down. And it was talking about Sam's attention span and, you know, she's kind of aloof sometimes blah 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 um but stephanie has been at home with her and teaching her and going over instructions and lessons and projects and the kid is fucking smart like the kid's getting it she's i mean she's with it man she's doing math she's reading um i mean the kid can read so Uh, could you say that that school potentially was a distraction because it's more about your friends and interacting with them could have been in could have been in her case i mean she was i don't know i wasn't in the class with her but talking with the teacher sometimes yeah it just seemed like her head was somewhere else so um but sam like one-on-one with stephanie has just really excelled so it's it's been a plus there um but she's missing out on a lot of interaction that is clearly i think very important right which is incredible and uh, we're so thankful that you have a wife that you know invests her time and stuff like that we've been trying to work with asher but it's not easy with two people having jobs now let's talk about that because on the flip side of that there are a lot of kids in bad situations where their parents do not want to spend the time trying to educate them because they're worried about you know other things in life mm-hmm. how to put food on the table how to make you know rent things like that and yeah. they have to work uh, or some of them just don't want to spend the time with their children, um, which is sad, but it does exist. Yeah. And you have to say that. So in, in regards to remote learning, that's, you know, that is one thing, you know, a con is we've talked about it already on this podcast, uh, distractions, you know, if your kid is in their own bedroom in front of, you know, a Chromebook, they are distracted by things in their bedroom. They are constantly wanting to probably get up and go to the bathroom anytime they want. There's no structure of this is bathroom time or this is, you know, lunchtime is a bell to a bell. At our house, it's been a bell to a, hey, we forgot about, he's still watching this YouTube video, this guy (laughs) playing video games and his lunch has been done for 30 minutes. Like it's, so it's kind of hard. Uh, Another thing is Zoom classes. Internet connectivity, not always the best. You know, it's going to cut out. We were in, we were, uh, I think Juicebox and I were in a house where Asher was on a Zoom call with a class this summer, Mm -hmm. and he started to break down because 
the Zoom, the internet connectivity started going out and he wasn't getting, you know, the full information that he needed. Yeah. And that can be super frustrating. I can see why he was getting so worked up about it. It's frustrating on the phone with us adults and talking to other people and the, the phone cutting out, you know, Yeah. or our internet connectivity, or if Netflix isn't working correctly or freezing. I mean, I can just speak from personally, like we do a lot of online, you know, Microsoft Teams meetings with work now. And, you know, sometimes if Dana's in the other room on a on a team meeting or whatever, sometimes the internet kind of lags a little bit. And it's like, even as an adult, I'm getting frustrated on that. So sure. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it, it, it's just, it's a bad, this is definitely, I think zoom classes are great in their own right. And teachers are trying and they want to deliver the information and provide this education, but there's a lot that can go wrong there. It's just, it's something that need would need to be worked on for, years to like perfect you know and we've just been tried to you know it's been forced on everybody within a couple of weeks like so it's just i mean it's going to take if this is a thing that keeps going forward it's going to take several years to work out all the kinks you know no i mean i'm impressed though with with the way things have been handled on the fly though i i think that without a doubt without a doubt i'm not trying to discount that oh yeah yeah but i I mean it is i think i don't know it's kind of it's kind of cool in a way because people have adapted and adapted really quick um as you know, in the education side of it and the work side of it, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's very interesting. I mean, people are adaptable. I think uh, I'm proud of humanity for it. Sure. Another thing kids are going to have to deal with with remote learning is at home work assignments. Now, this is stuff that comes like as emailed to, from your teacher to a parent, and you have to. Another thing is a lot of people don't have printers in their home, so mm-hmm. you got to print a lot of this out and make sure your kids are staying on task. That's one of the hardest things is in school, again, structure is task, bell to bell. This is the time you do this. This is the time you do that. What I am very proud of, like uh, old boy said, is uh, the, you know, metro schools have put together distance learning kits. Mm-hmm. And you can go to any one of your schools that you're assigned to and pick up these distance learning kits. Um, and what that does is it provides pencils, papers, protractors, you know, rulers, things that really affect and associate to the kids and the certain age group that they're in. Another thing is, and I want to get into it in a little bit uh, more, but uh, we we talked about concerns with internet connectivity and uh, availability of computers for Zoom classes. Right. Now, they have worked since, you know, they were giving some laptops out in the spring. Now, we've heard horror stories of parents pawning these laptops. A couple of them were found in a pawn shop in Nashville be, and, or taking the laptops and selling them to their friends or things like that. What they've done now is they've actually worked with Dell computers to uh, transition these laptops to only uh, only deal with what the kids are learning. So it doesn't have all the extras and all of that stuff. Right. Um, I And I'm very proud of it. As much as I have issues with our current mayor, John Cooper, I'm going to have to give him mad props on this, is he actually took $24 million out of Nashville's Federal CARES Act uh, to apply to computers and internet connectivity, which is a big part yeah, gotta of it. Yeah, you got to have that. So if you don't have a laptop, and currently there are about 84,300 kids in Metro Davidson County that do not have access to a computer, uh, that Dell has created 90,000 laptops that they are loaning to families. Uh, these laptops cost about $200 each, and the rest of the money of that $24 million is actually going into putting internet in people's homes. Man, that's great. Internet is one of those things that's so essential now, it almost needs to be like 
regulated and just become like an essential thing. You know, like it doesn't need to be private corporations fleecing the hell out of us for the internet because everybody needs to use it. And this is the perfect example of why. I don't know what you guys have. We have Comcast. The shit is fucking expensive as hell. Like no matter what package you get, it's expensive as hell. And I can imagine like, you know, a few years back before Dana and I both had really good jobs and we're making, you know, we're making good money. Like, I, we were struggling, so it would come around like half the time the internet would get cut off like for a couple of days or a month because shit's like yeah. 150 bucks or something. Yeah, uh, it's it was at Silicon Valley on HBO that where the whole show was about trying to create free internet. Yeah, I mean the alternative internet, which uh, that should exist. Yeah, it um, absolutely should. I mean, it's like you know, obviously it's not like water, but I mean it's like electricity or something. Like you got to have this. It's a, it's, At this point, to stay connected with anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. And all right, so there are pros and cons of you know remote learning. Uh, we've dealt with it a little bit. We we saw what we call the previews probably back in the fall, but it's about to get real because you know all of a sudden kids go back to school potentially, let's say after Labor Day. And the next part we're going to get into is how schools are and will be operating for now. Um, is the fact that you know Davidson County versus the surrounding counties. Uh, or even public schools versus private schools. Um, so what I wanted to do is kind of dive into that because I did some research on things. As most people know, if you have a child in Metro Davidson County, they are going to be virtually learning until Labor Day. And then they are going to attempt to send them back to school uh, in person. After which, huge Labor Day parties. After <laughs> Yes, after spikes because of Labor Day. Right. Um, but there are surrounding counties that are handling this a little bit differently. Uh, a few of the counties are, and I, I found some interesting stuff in this part. A few of the counties are actually pushing for two weeks. So they were originally going to you know, open on, say, August 4th, 10th, or 17th. Now they're going to push that back for two weeks. It's also very interesting that the, the people are trying to get creative and say that, you know, there is a, hy- a hybrid learning model mm-hmm. in some of the surrounding counties where kids would be going back like, Basically, some counties are kindergartners to eighth graders will return at 100% capacity for five days a week. High school students will return at 50% capacity using a hybrid learning model. The way that they kind of break this down is it, it's by the first initial of their last name or the grade. And they, those are the days of the week that you're going to go. So you could go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one week, Tuesday, Thursday, the next week. So mm-hmm. it basically it cuts schools to 50%. And the operations, it just kind of it blows me away. Obviously, we're under a face mask mandate here in Nashville. So face masks, obviously, are going to be required within schools and uh, common spaces such as hallways, lobbies, libraries, break rooms. Um, they're, they're encouraged inside the classrooms, but not required. Okay, that's what I was going to ask, because I thought that there was a really strong pushback against requiring kids to wear masks. They're, so they are required to wear masks, but only in the hallways. In the public spaces, Yeah. Um, another thing that, you know, is concerning, well, not concerning, but what steps that they are taking is, uh, breakfast and lunch will still be served to these kids, kids on the free lunch program. That's, you know, obviously going to happen Mm -hmm. in school, but all meals will be prepackaged by the cafeteria staff. Kids will go to the cafeteria at their assigned times. They will pick up their meal and they will return to their classrooms where their desks are six feet apart. And in some cases have glass or plastic or acrylic uh, partitions between each desk. Hmm. Now, bus transportation, because this is a big one. They are encouraging, there's like a PSA out there for all parents to drive their kids to school now. Not possible. Not at <laughs> all. Not even in the least. But because they, 
they have to limit the amount of kids that are on buses. Another issue was you had until July 22nd at 4 o'clock to complete the required paperwork to allow your kid to ride on a bus now. There are uh, a lot of different plans out there, and I think they're going to take it county by county on you know who develops these plans and how they're approved. Um, obviously, they're, they want the best education for all students, but you got to, you know, you got to think about another thing that I've read is, you know, procedures are in place to manage and mitigate risks for our students and staff while maintaining and providing a quality and equal education for all. Now, that is not possible. And that's, that was my biggest concern and kind of one of the reasons that this is, this episode has come to light today. One, private schools are going back. I've got one Mm -hmm. kid in private school and one kid in public school. Private schools are ignoring this they're requiring masks or taking the CDC steps, but that's it. You know, no, no assemblies, no, no sporting games, no things like that. But they are saying that we are going to be open hell or high water. I hate to say that because most of the private schools in Nashville are Christian, but they're not ignoring it. I mean, they're they're yeah, they're taking they're they're changing the way they do everything to to allow students to come back. Sure. But kid, kids in public education have to stay home. Private school can go to school, public can. Uh, it just seems like there should be somebody on top of all of this saying, hey, this should all be equal. We should all agree. And I know that that is not feasible, not possible, but this is this is going to be detrimental. And, uh, you know, what about the schools that are underly funded and, you know, schools that have a little bit more in a better county, say like uh, – what county is Franklin in? Williamson. Williamson, Williamson right? Yeah. Williamson County is obviously different probably than Wilson County. Then, you know, a couple of other different counties, they have a little bit more money that they can allocate towards schools. Mm-hmm. So kids are going to be in different learning tiers here. Right. Um, and I think this is going to be a long lasting effect. Yeah. So, and it is concerning. And again, to go back to it, the reason I brought this up is because I'm deeply concerned with people who are in bad, kids specifically who are in bad situations and the people who, you know, are anti-coronavirus, send our kids back to school. I don't want to go as far as saying selfish, but it kind of is saying I've got work to do. I can't be watching these kids all day, stuff like that. Well, there are kids in bad situations all the time. They're even with school in, even, you know, with them riding the bus, with them, you know, eating. And my concern is kids, you know, while they have developed a nutrition plan, which is great that you can go pick up your, your meals, your free lunch. If you're on that program, free lunch and free breakfast, you can actually go to the school and pick that up for the week. You can take it home. You can, you know, consume it at home. My biggest concern is some of these people don't have transportation to get to these schools, right? Some bus stops, city bus stops don't drop off near these schools. Some of them do. But, you know, or you have to walk quite a bit after you get dropped off on the city bus to pick up your food to bring it home. In certain situations, you could bring that food home and it could be consumed by your family in one night because it was allocated for you as a child, you know, to get through the week. And some families rely on this to get them through. Mm -hmm. Um, What about, you know, the parents that are working paycheck to paycheck just to keep food on the table uh, and, you know, the rent paid, but they both work at, let's just hypothetically say fast food jobs. Right. What's going to happen to their children over these next three to four weeks? You know, they can't quit their job. And if they do, 
they're going on unemployment that's paying them less. And, you know, it's just like there's so much help out there that that doesn't exist. And you've got to wrap your head around this entire thing. You've got to wrap your head around equality for all. And that's a big thing is I don't want kids getting left behind because of what class they're in. Right. You know, I don't want, because this is your situation. This is life has handed you this. You're going to be struggling as opposed to, you know, some of the people on this side who can be stay at home moms who can, you know, afford some, uh, uh, tutor to come over or somebody to come teach your children or you know you can do this you have the patience for this some people don't their lives are different and you have to realize that you that has to sink in and my whole thing was you know lately i've been researching what i can do anything that i can do whether it's go sit in a tent outside of mcgavick and hand out food or hand out these distance learning kits you know i saw the tennessee titans actually spent the the two weekends in a row handing out distance learning kits to kids. And that's great. Cause yeah, that's cool. the whole thing, the future is about our children and right. the, the future needs to change. You know, yeah. we see that the times we're living in, these kids are going to be the ones who change us. So we cannot leave them behind. The ones that you were talking about, the travel aspect of it, how, so is there anything like a drop off food service, like a, uh, Currently, there's not, and that that was an issue because I reached out to the Metro Nashville Nutrition Department to ask about you know distribution, and they said that right now the resources only provide uh, going to the schools and sitting you know under basically a ten by ten tent and handing this stuff out. Um, I mean, you. I said I literally said in an email, I said I have a truck, I'll go pick it up, give me some addresses, I'll go take it to people. It's a struggle, and this whole thing is a divide, and it, it's just further, you know, like I said, pushing us further and further away from everybody being on the same page, uh, getting the same start, and yeah. that, that's what sucks. Um, I'll, and I want to say for people out there who are wondering if schools are actually going to go back. What happens when, you know, what happens when a kid in the school, one of the elementaries in in Davidson County contracts coronavirus, their parents call the school and say, hey, my kid has the coronavirus. We got him tested. You shut the school down for two weeks. I mean, does this turn into snow days? Like, how you know, how does this is this going to work? Is it going to work? So I started to do some research on that. And this is insane that Williamson County and a lot of the surrounding counties and Davidson is not too far off from this is the fact that in-person learning won't exist until 0.5% of the county uh, has not contracted the coronavirus day over day. If 1% of the, the population of that county increases in coronavirus, they will shut schools down again until it is 0.5% or lower. Um, and that's a pretty, that's a pretty low. No- <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a high number or high percentage. Like you're saying, basically kids are going not going to go to school until we get this under control as a County. Yeah. And under control, meaning pretty much it's gotta be gone. Eradicated. Yeah. So what happens then? And what happens? I know that it's kind of like a teaser. It's kind of like at the beginning of summer, concerts were still going to happen. They were just going to be delayed three months. Right. You know, Bonnaroo was going to happen in June. Coronavirus hits. It's going to happen in October. All of a sudden, we cancel Bonnaroo, right? Mm -hmm. I think that this Labor Day initiative is just to hold out a little bit of hope for parents that, you know, they can actually get back on 
schedule with their lives come sure. after Labor Day. Yeah, and, and and I think everybody's still hoping for a vaccine or treatment. You know, is coming down the pipeline. So once we have those things in effect, you know, we hope to get things under control. But I it's think. not going to happen in three weeks. No, it's definitely no, not. no, it's not going to happen in three. And weeks. I feel like it's more detrimental to like bank on that, and then at the last second you push it back or whatever. You say no, we're not going. It's like people. If there's an, a chance you're not going to be going back to school, people need to know about that right now so they can start making plans for it. Sure. And there are a lot of questions out there. As of, you know, July 26, um, which was, you know, last week, there had not been a really updated report unless it's on the Metro Nashville Public Schools Facebook page. Like, there wasn't any reports out on, online since July 9th. That's, this should be as important as the mayor's Two times a week updates on coronavirus on Tuesday and Thursday. One hundred percent. Like these, yeah. The these uh board meeting, school board meetings, or whatever, whoever it is that's making these decisions on this, this needs to be like public. I'm well, I'm sorry, I'm sure it is public, but it needs to be televised, like you said. It needs there needs to be updates, like on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You, parents need to know. And we've, we've got to figure this out. And it, it's not easy to navigate. Uh, I'm sure that you guys are going through a lot of the struggles and pains. Uh, we don't have answers for you other than the fact that if you do have the resources and time to donate your time, donate your money, uh, you know, there's places that you can go out there like, uh, I think it was mnps.org. Um, you can, you know, donate into this. You can volunteer for schools because they're going to need it, I think, coming up. Uh, they say that they don't need it now, but they will. Uh, they're going to be inundated and overwhelmed. For sure. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. and Let's do it. Okay. It's going to make me sound like a socialist, which I maybe don't really have that much of a problem with. But like, I work for a company that has embraced like helping the employees during this thing. Well, I work for an essential business that's never closed during this. They've given our team members the that initial like bump in pay, like hazard pay or whatever you want to call it, like mm-hmm. during that thing, where which a lot of companies did, like Kroger's and other companies, but then they ended up rolling that back after, you know, things started to open back up. Instead of that, our company made those bonuses or made those pay increases like permanent and gave people more bonuses. And they just announced that they are putting aside $500,000, which, you know, it's a lot of money. Maybe could be a little bit more, but they're putting that aside to just buy Chromebooks for our like people that work at our stores that don't have enough money to afford that themselves. Sure. So it's like, I feel like more of these giant corporations need to step the fuck up and start like donating money for that, either for like internet service or meals or computers or school supplies. Like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't just be on us who are facing the same dilemma. Like a lot of people are not in work or not working or they're working less. It's not on them to be donating money to like make this work. Like, Like, come on, like there's corporate, like Jeff Bezos made $38 billion in like one day a couple weeks ago. Like step the fuck up, Jeff Bezos. Like you don't need all that money. You're never going to spend it all in your life. Like let's try to make this country a little bit better. Let's try to, like Bucky said, get all the kids on the same fucking level. Yeah. Sorry to cuss so much, but I'm pretty heated about this too. Mm, yeah. And make yourself look better, Jeff. I mean, it's, you know, do I don't so- know if he even lives on this planet anymore. I mean, he may not. He's like one of those reptilian people that lives in the middle of the planet or whatever. <laughs> well, we're going to tag him in this podcast and all our socials. So maybe he'll tune in <laughs> and heed our advice. Uh, but they, no, you're right. There are a lot of companies out there that could, that have surpluses of money that could help yeah. out. It's not on government. It's not on our taxes. It's not, I want to help out because I, I just, I, 
I'm passionate about it. Yeah, you know? no, and, and, and that's respectable, and I, I love that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it should just be on like all the regular people, like, right. like other these people that are making billions of dollars off people being at home or like essential services, like Walmart. Come on, man. Like, I don't know what Walmart's donated, but whatever it is, it ain't fucking enough. Sure. Um, okay. Well, you know, obviously, at this point, we're at a grip and hang on stage. Nobody's like we said, nobody's seen anything like this. There are two sides to this. Uh, we are very seriously focused on our children. We all have children in this room. Most of you out there listening to our podcast have children. Uh, there are a lot of concerns. If you, and I'm just going to plug this, if you know or yourself is in a position where you need help, please pick up your phone or whatever your computer or whatever you have and DM us and tell us a story and we will do anything in our power to uh, navigate you to that help. Yeah, for um, sure. Because we it's it's a community here. We're all going through this together but in different ways. And that's something that we have to understand and, you know, comprehend is we're not equal and education is not equal No, and we want to do anything we can. So if you're struggling, if you know somebody that's struggling, that needs anything that needs, you know, food or somebody to spend two hours with your kids, just get in touch with us. Find us on our socials, obviously raising Nashville podcast, just Google it, look it up on Instagram. I think we have a Twitter page and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, we, Loved getting back into this brand new studio. Uh, we've actually moved. So we're going to be here for the long term in the interim. Uh, we'll come back with some more light episodes, even, but we don't, we don't need to say that. You know, if there's something that we want to talk about, if there's something out there that you want us to look up, research, discuss for the masses, feel free to, again, shoot us a DM on any of those. Um, thank you so much for coming back with us. Yep. Hope we weren't too heavy for uh, the comeback episode. No, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. We're just happy to be back. We'll see you guys every single Monday. Tell your mama and them. She already listens. <laughs> uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children, have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear. <laughs> <laughs>